Hi everyone, I hope that you are doing as well as you can be. And this week we are looking at both a childhood and adult memory between which is a comparison trap and the growing awareness of it. Both moments are set in the same place among the uh, display rooms of Ikea. And this episode and poem explore how easy it is to construct caricatures or imaginary people from our surroundings who are either better or less than ourselves, particularly the former, or at least we have a tendency maybe more towards the former. There is a delicate balance here between imagining and moving toward the life you want to live and romanticizing a perfect version that may never exist. So this dynamic can further trap us into this pit of forgetting to be grateful for what's right in front of us, alongside recognizing those things which um, we and others truly don't have access to, whether that's due to financial reasons, uh, discrimination, and many, many other things. So this is a deep, uh, rich topic and conversation, and I hope that you enjoy the poem and the words that go along with it. So I will read it now for you. Hopscotching royal blue taped arrows that mark slate gray footpaths between rooms. I try on quintessential kitchens, bedrooms, living rooms, and bathrooms. Gooseneck sinks, burnished bunk beds, leather couches, and crisp plastic shower curtains. Birch tables, polished dressers, blinking game consoles, and milky tubs. Above some, beneath others, I drift through a breathing, visceral receipt of types of people, costs to wear them, and prices to become them. Luscious turtlenecks and thick-rimmed glasses frame a fresh-faced, uncreased flesh mother who slips her chair across gleaming hardwood floors, clicking forget-me-not pumps betwixt wood and tile and sliding a creamy ceramic cup across the counter. Sapphire satin pajamas and a pot of gold, colored, ironed, steamed, and curled, sleep soundly, softly shifting, whispering sheets while sun spills flawlessly through sheer strips of unfaded linen. Soft-soled, fit-fingered children with pimple-free skin Scroll, swiping away games and flicking between gaming systems, harmoniously code-switching language with parents. Not a drip of argument, eye-rolling, or arched neck. Eyes glitter with pixie dust light, ethereal space linking face and screen. Crack open your eyes now. Taste lingonberry-soaked soft serve, cupped by cold fingers. Argumentative, drowsy eyes, stooped sore neck. Gaze down. Notice the arrows shiver. Blink. You've been asleep for a long time. They're not real. They're cast from a projector, 
concealed in the ceiling. Wander to display windows, their balconies of pale brick walls closer than any house is allowed to be built. Silly, the pre-constructed persona people with matching puppies from 101 Dalmatians lives here in Ikea. Not you, not us, not anyone. Don't forget your own stanza. Frizzy curled, freckled kids, always kids, because even as adults, we spend more time in Neverland than we care to admit, are a bit of each room we've lived in. Because we're a bit of each room we've walked through, carefully constructed. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Worth much more than any printed price. And alive. Okay. As always, breathe the words in. Is there anything that they've made you feel or think? How did they connect with your senses? Are there any colors or symbols that you noticed? Any meaning that you drew? Metaphors, interpretations, clarity, messages? And as usual, I will offer some behind the scenes and notes and thoughts about putting these words together. So looking at the beginning, we're kind of setting the scene in the past, rooms, furniture, and those old blue arrows. If you've ever been to Ikea, um, I don't know when they (laughs) made the change, um, but there used to be these blue arrows on the ground that marked kind of the way you were supposed to walk through all of the displays. And if you haven't been, it's truly this haven of manicured rooms that you can walk into. And of course, while you're shopping for items, it's helpful to see them in context. So really cool place, honestly. (laughs) And moving into this kind of childlike vision of these three different people, rooms, and lives that are absent of anything difficult. We're getting that glimpse into our narrator, who at this time is a child and is imagining these three perfect lives taking place in the rooms. Uh, Perhaps a mother in the first one, um, someone who this child longs to be when they grow up in the second one, and then other children in the third. And there's a lot of detail, a lot of hope and longing for some of these perfections um, and that whole concept of the grass being greener on the other side. And we move back into the present when the line comes up that says, crack open your eyes now and taste the lingonberry soaked soft serve, which is a unique thing to Ikea. And we're reconnecting also with the same body parts that are mentioned in the stanza before. So eyes and neck and back and some of those 
feelings, you have like harmonious in contrast with argumentative. And all of this feels very different from the former stanzas children. And there's this almost sarcastic, dramatic kind of flair of exaggeration that's also carrying a lot of truth and frustration. But when our narrator as an adult looks down, things aren't as crystal clear. They've changed. There's this shift where there are many different ways to interpret, you know, what meaning what being asleep actually means and the ways in which we are asleep in our day-to-day waking lives. And you have this moment where a worldview is not as concrete as it once seemed. And I have this little anecdote from 101 Dalmatians. I think it's towards the beginning of the movie where the puppies and their owners are walking outside and they're perfectly matched in outfit and um, the color of the the fur of the dog. And it's just a really kind of quirky, fun scene. But of course, uh, that you don't see perfection like that in real life or this perfect harmony and synchronicity. And so that childhood view and maybe expectation of that is challenged as we have our narrator as an adult walking through uh, the same space that they once had as a child. And they're kind of seeing this truth that you know, no one lives the way that the narrator imagined. And many of us, myself included, are guilty of this. Again, the grass is always greener on the other side. And we get trapped in that comparison trap, even if we know that it's a trap. It's very easy to fall into. And I've also included an interesting note that a stanza actually translates to room in Italian, I believe. And each of the stanzas above during the imagination sequence, those three different rooms, are actually their own stanza, which was kind of fun to put together. And moving into the last couple segments of the poem, I've emphasized, I guess, uh, that we're always kids, always learning, having our worldviews shifted, being open to having our minds changed. And in a way, I think it's difficult to describe what growing up means. I personally believe it's learning how to spend time in the past as we age instead of living there permanently. Because regret, unlearning, pain, loss, remembering, wishing, dreaming, stories, and nap time are all there. And Neverland, perhaps, is a room in our minds that carries all that we struggle to prioritize bringing into the present moment, be it good, bad, complicated, frustrating, something we need to reevaluate or unlearn. It's all there. And 
that leads really well into the end of the poem because we are all of the rooms or a piece of all of the rooms all of everything that exists across all of those spaces we're little bits and pieces of of everything and that is what it means to be alive not any one perfectly kind of put together display so with that i will read the poem once more for us and as always thank you for listening and engaging with some of the topics that get brought up on the podcast every week i hope you're enjoying uh, the journey with me because i definitely am so i will read our poem once more hopscotching royal blue taped arrows that mark slate gray footpaths between rooms i try on quintessential kitchens bedrooms living rooms and bathrooms Gooseneck sinks, burnished bunk beds, leather couches, and crisp plastic shower curtains. Birch tables, polished dressers, blinking game consoles, and milky tubs. Above some, beneath others, I drift through a breathing visceral receipt of types of people, costs to wear them, and prices to become them. Luscious turtlenecks and thick-rimmed glasses frame a fresh-faced, uncreased flesh mother who slips her chair across gleaming hardwood floors, clicking forget-me-not pumps betwixt wood and tile, and sliding a creamy ceramic cup across the counter. Sapphire satin pajamas and a pot of gold, collared, ironed, steamed, and curled, sleep soundly, softly shifting, whispering sheets while sun spills flawlessly through sheer strips of unfaded linen. Soft-soled, fit-fingered children with pimple-free skin scroll, swiping away games and flicking between gaming systems, harmoniously code-switching language with parents. Not a drip of argument eye-rolling or arched neck. Eyes glitter with pixie dust light, ethereal space linking face and screen. Crack open your eyes now, taste lingonberries soaked, soft serve, cupped by cold fingers. Argumentative, drowsy eyes, stooped sore neck, gaze down, Notice the arrows shiver. Blink. You've been asleep for a long time. They're not real. They're cast from a projector concealed in the ceiling. Wander to display windows. They're balconies of pale brick walls closer than any house is allowed to be built. Silly. The pre-constructed persona people with matching puppies from 101 Dalmatians lives here in Ikea. Not you, not us, not anyone. Don't forget your own stanza. Frizzy, curled, freckled kids, always kids, because even as adults we spend more time in Neverland than we care to admit, are a bit of each room we've lived in, because we're a bit of each room we've walked through, carefully constructed, 
descriptive, not prescriptive, worth much more than any printed price and alive. Thank you again, and I truly hope those words are helpful and just offer something else to consider, I suppose, when you're thinking about these kinds of things and how challenging they can be, especially on the spot, unless you make a moment to think beneath the layers a little bit and excavate what you're feeling and seeing and absorbing. So you are always welcome to let me know what you think in the comments on Instagram or feel free to email me your thoughts at Michaela at weareunsinkable.com and if you would like to share your own memory or moment on the podcast, please head to tinyurl.com slash braving the waves, which is also linked in the show notes. And I hope to see you over there. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And I look forward to connecting with you all next week. Take good care. <laughs>